Hello, everybody, and welcome to Battlefront Radio. This is the brand new podcast arrived from the church Battlefront, and we cannot be happier to bring this to you guys. Uh, the Lord's just moved on our hearts so much over the past few months to do this, and now we're finally be able to step out into that calling of starting a church podcast. So that uh, we, I'm your co-host. I'm Joshua, Joshua McCormick, and right here, go to introduce yourself, man. I'm Curtis, uh, the other co-host of Battlefront Radio, and I just—it's a pleasure. We're finally actually getting together to finally uh, run this podcast through. I'm excited. Amen, man. So this episode is going to be dedicated to the introduction of who we are, what we believe, and why. We're going to be going into the Holy Spirit, the gifts, and all sorts of stuff. Not going to spoil it, but stay tuned. We really hope you guys enjoy this. So, Curtis, you want to go ahead? Definitely, definitely. Um, our main concern is that we just want to, we want everyone that's listening to be able to bear fruit. Um we are assuming that most people that are listening um, have already given them their lives over to Jesus. If they have not, and that's something that you would like to, please leave a comment, leave a message, get in contact with us. We're going to be in the next few weeks, uh, months, we're going to be getting a lot of things together so that we can, you can get in contact with us personally through online ways, uh, avenues, or also just come join us in worship. Um, but our main thing is uh, we want to we want the viewers and everyone to bear fruit, and so our main topic that we felt led to go into today was the anointing of the Holy Spirit or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and how that Holy Spirit basically functions and the importance of the functioning of the Holy Spirit in our lives individually as a church and as uh, ministers. So Joshua, go ahead and, and enter in. What what do you feel led to start off with? Uh, well, I just want to get like I'm not. We're not gonna go into this too much, but I just want to get this out of the way because this is a blank slate, brand new thing we're doing right now. Nobody, if you're a new listener, you don't know anything about us. So I mean, we are obviously Christians, right, Curtis? You're a Christian, right? You're saved. I and believe in assume. Jesus Christ. All righty. So we believe that Jesus is God. We believe Jesus is the only way to the Father. We believe in the Trinity, and we are continuationists. So that fourth part is really what we're going to be going into in this episode, is you know why we're continuationists and the works of the Spirit. So, I mean, Curtis, you, you asked me to go ahead, so I mean, I will. I mean, I don't know of a better scripture to go into when you're talking about the Holy Spirit and why you are a continuationist and why you believe in the works of the Spirit for today than Acts chapter 2 and Joel chapter 2. So, I mean, I'm just going to run through uh, Acts chapter 2 real quick. And uh, just drop my phone. All right. So, <clears throat> suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing to into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was 
it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. And were they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues Amen. and powered by the Spirit to speak in Amen. languages that they never heard. So uh, then go, uh, Curtis, you want to go ahead and read the Joel 2 part? Sure. I need to turn there real fast. Just bear with me for a minute. All right. So, I mean, and also, guys, if you have any questions, we'd love to answer it for the next episode if you want to leave that in the comments. So, we uh, we would love to be able to answer questions every week and have, like, a segment on the show. I mean, I think that would be really awesome to have, like, a question and answer every week, maybe before the show starts or in the middle of the show. I think that would be really cool. Definitely. And just to second that, if there's any like anything that we don't cover that you would like us to cover, uh, you know, our our podcast are going to be limited to around about an hour. We're going to be led by the spirit. We just don't want to overwhelm everyone. And there's so much we can cover. So if you have any questions and if anything we can share on the next podcast, just let us know. But Joel chapter two, and it shall come to pass afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And also my men servants and my maid servants. And I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And so this is Joel prophesying four or 500 years before, before Jesus ever comes on the scene. We see that they, the, the old time prophets, that the Holy Spirit, before Jesus died and ascended, the Holy Spirit was only limited, it was very limited to only certain offices in the Old Testament. First the priest, then the, the king, and then the prophet. And it was, it was so limited to those, those people that even between, there's a thing called the intertestamental period where God's voice wasn't even heard for four to 500 years or it wasn't recorded. And so the very, the most important thing that we need to realize is that on the day of Pentecost or the day of Shavuot or during this, this, this festival that we see coming 50 days after the, the crucifixion of Jesus, we see the Holy Spirit coming down and baptizing literally baptizing 120 plus people and women and children, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. We see that Peter, the one who gave that message in Acts chapter 2, we see previously he he abandoned Jesus. Jesus prophesied that he's going to deny him three times. We see right before this happens that Jesus restores him with the agape love, God's love, but he wasn't able to go out and minister without the effectively without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we see for 2000 years, we see periods of time where the church themselves have rediscovered the power of the Holy Spirit or rediscovered the authority that they have in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I just love, uh, 
I love the Holy, the third person of the Trinity. You know, Jesus and the Father are both in heaven. And right now we have the Holy Spirit to guide us through this life. And that's one of the main, most important things that we should realize as Christians. Um, I know Joshua, uh, you, you, you get to see different people throughout life. You go to the YMCA and you go to different yeah. places and you hang out with different friends and stuff. Um, you know, those who are close to the Holy Spirit, who believe in the Holy Spirit, you, we see that um, they have a stronger Christian walk. Um, I, I constantly, I, 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 I get a counsel with people who I, I work with, who I, they ask me questions and they say, you know, you know, how can I get a deeper walk with God? How can I get closer to God? What does God want from me? How do you hear? How do you know you're hearing from God? And I always go back to these, this, the scriptures we're going to share today is it starts with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It starts with being led by the Spirit of God. And there's tons of scriptures in Galatians in Romans chapter 8. It talks about being led not by the flesh, not by the, the Spirit of this world, but being led by the Spirit of God. And so it's just so important in these last days, especially the days that we're getting closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, you know, we need to be led by the spirit of God. So we know how to, we know how to answer people when they need answers. We know how to pray for people. We know how to, you know, when we wake up in the morning, what the will of God is, we know how to renew our mind with the word of God. And so it's just very important. And so I think our, our main topic, I think we want to go into is we want to talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit in the last days for the individual. We want to talk about the individual anointing and the individual, how can you bear fruit? And so Joshua, do you want to go ahead and go into maybe your personal experience with the Holy Spirit and and how yeah. he has helped you to grow? Yeah, definitely. Um, So... Uh, I mean, around the age of uh, eight or nine years old, uh, when I first had the encounter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I mean, I always grown up knowing what it was. And uh, an important distinguishment of like what it is not, it's not just speaking jibber jabber or speaking gibberish. I mean, the infilling of the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, when Jesus, like when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit, the dove came and rested upon him. So it's not just an fulfillment, but he rests upon you, your body, your life. And like the Holy Spirit, it's not Amen. just tongues. It's not just prophecy and spiritual gifts. It's a it's a daily walk and daily communion. And, uh, you know, Curse talked about earlier uh, how it strengthens your walk with the Lord because he teaches you. He teaches you. I mean, there's scripture all across the Bible that says he, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to say in the time that you need to say it. I believe that's uh, somewhere in Acts. I can't remember the exact chapter, but. And then in Ephesians 2, we see the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So he literally reveals God's word, the scriptures. He turns that logos, which means the written word, into the rhema Amen. word. The rhema word, which is when it breathes life, you know, it comes off the page. It hits you right in your spirit, right in your Amen. heart. Amen. And, you know, it just wrecks you, right? 
So like the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. So the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital, absolutely vital because it reveals the scripture. You can't understand all of what this word has to offer with just your human intellect. Whether you're atheist or saved, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. He's your tutor. You got to study to show thyself approved is what Second Timothy says. But to really get the 100% out of the scriptures, you have to have the Holy Spirit and the right doctrine along with it. Like I said, it's not a... It's when uh, when it comes to speaking in tongues part, it's not jibber jabber. Speak, speak, uh, just gibberish, and that's then feeling no, 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 no. It's it is it's something that you know takes over. It's not you. Like oftentimes, you know, when when I'm talking, I have to think about what I'm saying. Like right, Curtis. Like you have to think about like what you're saying when you're talking. But like when I'm speaking in tongues. When I do do that, whether it's in corporate or personal uh, ministry, I can like I can think about other things while that's happening. While I, while the spirit's speaking through me, and I'm speaking in tongues, I'm able to think. I'm able to pray. I'm able to have things going on in my head. It's just like an autopilot. And like, there's even been like brain studies. I mean, it would be cool to bring it up on a podcast sometime on another episode, like there's like brain studies that when people speak in tongues, a different like lobe or part of the brain like activates in a similar way where I'm talking about where people are able to have other things going on in their brain that when you're just speaking English or whatever language you're speaking, you're not able to do. You're not able to have that amount of awareness, right? Like I hope I'm communicating this right. Um, but anyways, I wanted yeah, to get back to my yeah, own man. like testimony of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was like eight, nine. Back in the day, uh, we were just having church here in the cabin, like here in my house. Is like is when we first started the church. It was like it was a really great time, and I grew up in that. I mean, I I would see angels literally fly through the room during worship. Like I remember one time I was going down the stairs and an angel wing. I was like eight foot long just flew right past me as I was going down the stairs during worship because I ran upstairs to get something and um then I was coming back down and this angel wing went like right like this and I fell back on the stairs and even my friend destiny that was behind me which was around the same age she saw it too and remembers it to this day and she fell back too and it just phased Mm. through the wall I mean it was giant I mean it was the way that the bible describes it I mean it was People would fall on their knees in fear of angels, and that's how it was. I fell back onto the stairs because it was massive. I remember it so vividly, so vividly, and I think it's even crazier. Destiny even saw it too, but um, so that's just to set up. I say that to say to set up, you know, what was going on in these services that we're having in the house of like you know twenty, thirty people gathering seeking the Lord, and I remember the night uh, that I got filled. I was going to go up to my mama's like during church. I was younger. My parents didn't like really care. I wasn't like that involved yet. I wasn't, you know, I still spoke as a child, thought as a child, all that. Like, uh, and, um, I was going to go up ironically enough to watch Casper, the friendly ghost at my mama's house, Curtis. I go up there. I start watching Casper. I don't know if I've ever heard this story. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I've told you this, but I go up there to start watching Casper 
I've never seen it. And I, it was like probably around October. So I was seeing Casper a lot, like just like on TV and commercial cereal boxes. And I'll be like, I want to know what this is about as a kid. I want to know what Casper is. And, uh, so I go up there, I'm like probably there for 10 minutes, laying on my mom's couch, eating Pringles or something. And I'm watching Casper and all of a sudden I get a call. That's my dad. He's like, Hey, I, you need to come back down here. So walk on down here. My mom's house just crossed the road. He said, walk on down here. I feel like you're supposed to be here right now. And I, that's my dad's never really told me that I was just like eight or nine, you know? And so I come down here, I'm in service for a while. People are worshiping music's playing. I'm just sitting like in a rolling chair, kind of like this at the computer desk that was in the living room. And all of a sudden I just felt something like living, like bubbling out of me, like living waters. And that's like how the Bible describe it. And it's just an overflow. And I just felt like something trying to bubble like up from my stomach. I just, I felt it come like all the way up and I checked like swallowing, trying to suppress it. Cause I, I didn't even know what was going on. I had no under, like barely any understanding of what was even going on, you know? And, um, so I just felt that bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And finally I should let go. And I was just in that chair. And ever since then, pretty regularly been speaking in tongues. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Have I never told you that story, Curtis? That's the first, I've never heard that story. No. Well, there you go. Good. How old were you? How old were you when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit? I think I was like eight or nine. One of those. And, and you got saved before you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? Yeah, I was, I, I actually, most people that I see can't, this isn't true for them, but like I, I had a genuine conversion at like the age of four. Like I had the full understanding Amen. of what I was getting into. I remember it vividly. I remember I was just playing outside. Amen. I remember the specific tree I was under. And then I look, remember looking at the ground. I was like, you know what? I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> and I went in and told my mom that. And I prayed and I knew what I was praying. And I, like, I remember it so vividly as a four-year-old. So like it was a true conversion. And, and I've lived the walk of faith, you know, ever since. I mean, it was, it was true. You know, I, I look at the way that you were raised and the, you know, you, you were able to have, you know, what I, I believe a lot of people, I got saved when I was 20. And so that's 20 years of just time that I did not, I don't get, a, I didn't get to get taught by the, the Holy Spirit that whole time, you know? Yeah. You know, the good thing about it is the Holy Spirit, like, you know, the, the, they, the Lord redeems the time, you know, the Lord he he takes beauty. He takes your ashes and makes it beautiful. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's just it's an awesome testimony to know you know know somebody that is your age, you know, on fire for God in church and just loves Jesus and is seeking God with all of his heart. And that is just a, that's a true sign of being filled with the spirit of God is you have a true hunger for the things of God. And that's like a, people are like, how do you know if you're filled with the spirit? Or how do you know? How do you know? It's just like salvation. You know that, you know, that yeah. you're saved. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just know, you know, your father's voice, you know, the Holy spirit. But I wanted to share my testimony since we're talking about the Holy spirit. Um, 
my testimony of first salvation. Um, I here lately, the Lord has been putting people in my path uh, in more of like a teaching setting. Uh, I've been people have been like really asking me a lot of questions more than I've been asked in most of my my Christian walk. I've been saved for about ten years now, and just here lately, people have been really asking like. What do you think about this, Curtis? Or what about this question? What about this? What about this? And I've even been able to share, like, you know, I we're about to do a podcast, and a lot of this, these questions are going to be answered in that podcast. And then I get to share for two hours uh, the joke. The joke somebody says: if if you ever mention Jesus to Curtis, you're going to be there for two hours. <laughs> the joke. I told Lacey. He's like Lacey. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, you're going to be there for two hours. And so, <laughs> but I, I just, I want to share my testimony. And it starts off of me really like God, God, I, I really believe that through the prayers of my just family members growing up, God had ha- had his hand on me, but I I never, I never really sought God, but I knew that there, I always felt like I knew there was a God and I always sought him in this weird ways. And I could see it like in the new age movement that's happening today in America or just across the globe, people are seeking spiritual experiences because they're spiritual beings looking for an outlet to express themselves spiritually. And they don't know what that hunger is. I remember being 18, 19 years old knowing that there's more to life than just this natural life. I knew there was, you know, I didn't, you didn't know the words to say it. You just knew there was more. And I remember, I remember coming to battlefront and I remember getting saved. And I I I remember just having a transformational thing. I just remember bawling my eyes out, confessing all my sins and just coming up off that altar completely changed and completely new. I, I felt clean. Like I, I felt no condemnation. I felt clean, but I didn't have, I didn't have the strength or the power to walk in the spirit. I don't know how to explain it. I felt clean. I had, I had, I had, I was saved, but I, I, I didn't know. And, and I remember hearing preaching on, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I knew people, people testified about getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and that it gave them strength to live a Christian life and the strength to walk, walk it out instead of just talk about it, but walk out. And I, I remember just reading books. I remember somebody gave me, I remember reading the Bible mostly just from cover, cover to cover and mostly the new Testament. I just kept reading and reading and reading and listening to preaching I remember when I got a job, I would listen. I would. I worked out on the floor. I listened to probably every Leonard Ravenhill sermon. <laughs> it was eight hours straight, so I probably I probably listened to every Leonard Leonard Ravenhill sermon probably three or four times, every single one. And then everybody else, A. W. Tolzer and different. There's tons of different people. I would just continually just devour words and just. At that time, I didn't realize there was different people thought differently about different scriptures. Yeah. But I remember, I think it was McMinnville or Murfreesboro. I don't remember. I remember that the pastor was a black guy. And 
Uh, I remember there was a lady there and her husband. I remember I, I always see him sometimes in, uh, is it Panda Garden? Yeah. Is that the Chinese restaurant? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I see him there. So I think it was McMinnville because that's pretty close. It's closer than Murfreesboro. So I think that's where it was. And I remember they asked, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now, before this ever happened, I have I have went to different prayer lines. I remember we would uh, I would follow you guys around and when there's a ministry team and you guys would minister to different places and people would pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I would I would I would want it and I would be go up there and I just ne- nothing ever happened but this time was different and I don't know if you were there Joshua I don't know if you remember or not but I just felt like they just started praying and all of a sudden I just started praising God and I just started jumping up and down and it was like I was I don't I just remember jumping and it was just like the Holy Spirit like if you could see my hands right now I don't know if I, it was like yeah. boom like if your body could go up and down like this uh-huh and I don't I'm not the I I, I wish I was I'm not the person that that the Holy Spirit just touches and I fall out all the time there have been like like five times I can count on my hand where the Holy Spirit just miraculously just boom just knocked me down. Mm. This was one of the this is the first one, and the Holy Spirit just <laughs> just knocked me out just by the power of God. You know, like it was like back in the Old Testament when they dedicated the the temple that Solomon built, and the the glory the kabod came down, and all of a sudden the the ministers couldn't minister anymore. God knocked me down, and it was the most sanctifying experience that I've ever had in my life. And I I, I attribute everything back to that very moment. Your first salvation, but that right there is it was it was my Acts chapter two moment. And like how and long ago was that? How many years? It was probably six six months after I got saved. I I smoked cigarettes at the time. I remember getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and like a week after I I, I God, I, I mean, people talk about, man, I just don't want to quit smoking. I don't want to do this, that, or the other. Me and Lacey both got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And any any stronghold that was in our lives, it was like the Holy Spirit just broke it. It was like you have the power to live in Christ, in the Spirit of God. And you have uh-huh. the power to produce, to have fruit because you're in the vine. And so... I, I don't know. Were you there at that meeting? I know you were there probably. I don't know if you remember it or not. I Was this like at the O'Connor building? We were at the O'Connor building, but we were ministering at a church in, I believe it was McMinnville. Oh, so this was on a ministry appointment. It was at a ministry appointment, yeah. Oh, okay. I I mean, I don't, I don't remember. I was probably like what... Nine, ten, then. You probably just got baptized in the Holy Spirit too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that is the main. I guess the main reason why I, you were asking what we need to start off on our first podcast, was the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the importance of affirming the Holy Spirit in our lives mm-hmm. and not shying away from it and not being not being embarrassed 
there there is a tendency i think in the church today in different denominations even sometimes that you you know let's not talk about speaking in tongues or praying in tongues let's not talk about miracles anymore let's not talk about letting the spirit have his way anymore but let's just let's let's control it ourselves let's make this comfortable for people and people you know people want the real deal um I was I was telling this to Lacey the other day, you know, even when we're when we're explaining things, people want to know, you know, that you either know it or you don't know it. And like it and people want to know, like, hey, it's okay if you don't know something. I was telling Lacey, I was like, you know, I noticed that some people will just want to just have an answer for everything. And I was like, sometimes I'm just like, look, I don't know. I can give you the best answer possible. But some things I don't know. So, you know, people just want the real, real substance, and that is the Holy Spirit. They want a real relationship with God. And, you know, when you when people uh, go to church and the Holy Spirit isn't active in the congregation, I guess we're skipping from personal personal Holy Spirit all the way to the to the corporate anointing, you know. They there's so much lack there. There's so much that you know, the Holy Spirit wants to do in a service that he wants to give words. He wants to give words of revelation. He wants to give personal words. There's so many times where I'll be praying for something and somebody will come up and say, the Lord told me this, and it confirms what I've already read in the word, what I've already prayed about. It's not something that like I, I get the word, I'm seeking that word because I haven't been praying and I haven't been reading the word. It's something that I'm trying to get a confirmation of going in the right direction. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's a very edificate, edifying, building up, exhorting. And uh, Holy Spirit's just good. Um, there's so much more. I want to, I, I want you to go ahead and share anything you want to share. I mean, it just really depends where you want to move to. I, you know, you mentioned about us being, uh, it's a fancy word for saying we believe a continuationists. We believe in the continuation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We believe in speaking the, the gift of tongues, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of knowledge and wisdom, the gift of faith. You can help me if I'm missing one. I know I am. Yeah. <coughs> I, mean, I need to get a drink of water. I, I go ahead. Yeah, so the in First Corinthians twelve, uh, something we're gonna talk about is the the nine uh, spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, what we believe, we don't just believe, we've seen that you know these nine gifts still operate in today's world. Amen. They didn't cease. Paul says, Paul says, when tongues cease, when all this cease, but. That that's talking about when the second coming of Jesus comes, when there's a new heaven, new earth. These things are still operating Amen. today. Amen. You know, we're still we're still living in the same uh, in the same spiritual era of you know the New Testament. That's why it even then they called that the last days. There's the last days, and then there's the last of the last days where the birth pains are nearing uh, nearing you know birth. And I mean. I would love to do an episode sometime talking about more, you know, prophetic or prophecy or end time stuff, but I'm going to try to stay on track just a little bit here. No commercial breaks. Amen. 
But so uh, in First Corinthians twelve, uh, yeah, um, we got you know the word of wisdom, the word of revelation knowledge, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, the power to work miracles, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And uh, I mean, I we have a lot. We have a lot to go over about these. And uh, like I, I got to turn to First Corinthians 12 real quick. But uh, it's all talking about it comes from the same spirit, the, the Holy Spirit. He, distri- he distributes all these nine gifts according to his people. It's like Curtis over here. He might be operating in prophecy. We got a Bob over here operating and healing because there's different functions to the body. We're all playing the same song, but we're different instruments. You know, I think that's a good analogy. Like we're playing the same content, the same song, but in our own ways. I might be a guitar. Lucas might, uh, Curtis might be a cello. Bob over here might be a drum. And uh, so each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. And uh, so I was just going to read through here. So in verse uh, verse six, the same God and most versions says the Holy Spirit uh, distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry. He and as he energizes and activates them, each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of a word of wisdom. So, Kurt's like, uh, what? Give an example of like what a word of wisdom is. To me, a word of wisdom is somebody that's been seasoned, like a pastor, like a leader of a church, and you're going into a situation, like Paul, for instance. Paul, Paul had people that gave him a word of prophecy. But Paul had a word of a word of wisdom to know whether or not to listen to that word of prophecy or not. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had a, a a word of wisdom. He said, you know, they 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 looked at the the, the prophetic word and they said, I, I see that you're going to go to this this city and die. And Paul saw the same thing, but he, they said, don't go. Paul said, I must go. So wisdom to me is. Yes, there is the prophetic word, but how do you how do you know what God is actually saying through that prophetic word? Right. And so I think that's a gift and it, and that comes through maturity, it comes through walking with the Holy Spirit and understanding more of how the Holy Spirit operates today. Yeah. I think it's something that comes comes through being in a in a you know, being submitted under a leader. And in God flows in order. You were talking about uh, how we're all part of a body. You know, when we went to that Rick Pino concert, you know, God uh, or Rick Pino expressed it kind of like this. You know, you know, we don't have these random like people just going out just because they want to go out. He says, go to a, a local body and be submitted to a pastor. And I would I would say that most of the time the wisdom would come through that that head of that uh, that congregation. Um, 
it, it keeps order in the church and it keeps it keeps the, the church healthy. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, it does. That kind of just came to me. I mean, you see a lot of know. people, you know, they get off not in like their doctorate theology in their lives when they don't listen to words of wisdom, you know, from their heads. Because like, how is a sheep supposed yeah. to know what to go do unless the shepherd tells them, you know? I mean, it just exactly. makes sense. You got people going off doing their own thing. But it's not really the Lord ordaining that, you know. Now, and, and the and the sad part is, is just like where the there was a prophetic word through, I, and I can't remember in the Book of Acts who was sharing this with Paul, and they would say, "Don't go," because of what the prophetic word was. Hey, you're going to die. Hmm. Paul saw the same thing. They confirmed it. Paul had the wisdom to continue on because that was the will of God for his life. They wanted to, to preserve their life. So they both had the same word, but one had the gift of wisdom or just the ability, the foresight, the foresight to know and be yeah. in tune with what God is doing. And so there are so many people that will fall into the trap of taking God's word and, and, and kind of going on by themselves. You know what I mean? And then we see years later that they may fall off and, and, and go into a spiritual drought, if you will. Because you have to be planted. You have to be, you know, planted where God has planted you. You have to be where God has you, even when it doesn't make sense all the time. Yeah. You know, it may not always make sense to be planted. You know, people could be telling you all kinds, of, well, don't be planted there, please plant it here, or this, that, or the other. But, but you weather those storms and because of wisdom. Yeah. Because of wisdom. We lost you. Did your camera die? Yeah, my camera did die, uh, but I'm going to start recording on my phone. But, Curtis, sorry you won't be able to see me. But I'm going to try to... It's fine. I'm going to start charging my battery up a little bit right now. So maybe here in about 20 minutes or 15 minutes or so, I could get it plugged back in. I think it's, also, it's important uh, why you get your camera and everything set up that... Paul in chapter 12 says concerning the spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and no one say, can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are different differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to one another for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom. That's the one we just talked about. The next one is the word of knowledge. And those ones, those ones are coupled together often. Yeah. The word of wisdom, uh, you know, is just the way. To, how do you apply the wisdom, the knowledge that the Holy Spirit gives you? Uh, that you know, they they're coupled together. They're through the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, and another one the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. Into another different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. 
but one in the same spirit work all these things together. And I kind of want to skip forward a little bit because yeah. I think the I think the most common question um, that I think our audience would have is clarifying the difference between the gift of tongues and interpretation and the prayer language of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, like praying in the in the Holy Spirit yeah. and praying in tongues. Yeah. There's been a lot of times where um, I've been asked, and uh, um, I'm sure you've been asked the same thing. You know, I thought that all tongues have to be interpreted because there's there's a scripture, and we can we can pull it up. I just don't have it with me right now. And and Paul states, I believe it's to the Corinthians. I believe it's to the same one. He 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 talks about Christian order. He talks about he go, he first talks about prophesying. He says only one, two, or three people prophesy at a time. And then, and then, you know, stop service and just kind of listen to those prophetic words that are happening. He's, he's creating order for, for this, these groups of people, for these new Christians, these Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians. And, uh, he's creating order. And the same thing with the, with the speaking in tongues or the word of tongues, you and I have both been in services where all of a sudden it's everyone in the room knows there's going to be a word. Uh, a, a a word in tongues is that true are you still there joshua yeah i'm here i'm here yeah that's 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 definitely like, true whenever what you you're the worship leader and then there's the pastors and then there's just the the lay people people that are just attending church the members of the church and everyone there's oh there's there is this koinonia of the holy spirit and that's what's so good about the holy spirit People try to, and when people try to understand the Holy Spirit without first being baptized in the Holy Spirit, without knowing what it feels like to be led by the Spirit and having that koinonia, it, it doesn't make sense. But when you have a group of people who are led by the Spirit of God, when you have ministers, you have leaders, pastors and worship leaders who are led by the Spirit of God, all of a sudden the Spirit says the same thing to everyone all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I need to get another drink of water. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean, uh, I mean people, you know, all over like months ago before the coronavirus started, you know, hitting, uh, people started having the urge to, you know, pray for China. I remember even Caesar. Remember that service, uh, Caesar, in church, like he announced, he's like everybody, like I'm just having a very strong burden right now to pray for China. I didn't know that, yeah. but amen. Oh, you, you amen. don't remember that? No, man. No. This was like back in December, or November maybe. But it was before it was all widespread. Nobody, it was barely even in the news. And he said he had like the strong, uh, like unction to pray for China. Amen. And now we know why. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, going back to the the tongues i believe i'm gonna i'm gonna turn to romans chapter eight okay the spirit of god that says likewise likewise the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered now he who searches the hearts 
knows the mind of the, uh, of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints, according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For him he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Who he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. The important thing to remember is that when, when, when we're praying and we don't know what to do, and there's often times that I will be going about my business and I will feel led to reserve myself, maybe go to the bathroom, or maybe if I'm, if I'm in the car, I'll just be praying in tongues if I'm going to work. And there's times to pray in, in your own language, and then there's times to just, you don't know what to pray for because there's things that we just don't know. Perry Stone talked about a time when his dad, would he just had this unction for the Holy Spirit to pray for Perry when he was younger. And, and he, he testified that it saved his life. His dad had no idea what was going on, but he, had the, he was led by the Spirit of God to pray in tongues, and it saved his son's life. It preserved him. And so the same thing, the, when we pray our spirit, it's a direct line to the Spirit of God, to God's Spirit. And he prays the perfect will. It says it right here, the will of God over our lives. And so we can yeah. pray. We can pray all, all day long. We can, we can just keep going on and on and just ask and ask and pray. But there's nothing more powerful than praying in, the, in, your, in your prayer language. There's mm-hmm. nothing more powerful. This is, the mo- this, is, this is one of the most pillar, crucial things of a Christian's life. I, it doesn't matter what denomination you're in. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter if you, if you claim any kind of denomination. You have to know how to pray in the Spirit of God because... It builds you up. It literally builds you up. Your spirit man is built up. And it edifies you in a way that, yes, you can pray. And God, you know, wants you to have a relationship just to pray. But praying in in your heavenly language, praying in in tongues, in the spirit, is powerful. It is powerful. Because it prays the perfect will of God. In this situation, it brings heaven down to earth. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about, you know, you mentioned talking about more of like end times things, but there's going to be a day where new Jerusalem and a new heaven and a new earth come when God's perfect will is that he wants to, he, he doesn't necessarily want us to come to him. He wants to come to us. He wants to dwell with his family, his people. He wants to dwell with us. That is, am- that is amazing. I'm blocking my screen. I didn't even realize it. That is amazing. Amen, man. Good stuff. And uh, That is amazing, Amen. You know, like generally, like uh, people get confused, you know, on the gift of tongues because they either think it's just one thing, just one function for one specific thing. Oh, that's just used for missions or, oh, that's not for today. But right now we're going to talk about, you know, when people do think they function, they think it might just be in one specific way because this verse, this verse. But, you know, uh, 
And Timothy says, you know, to rightly divide the word of God. And you can only do that by the Holy Spirit, but you got to rightly divide the word. And uh, so in this case, you know, we believe to, there generally are three different uses for the gift of tongues. And that's why uh, we, I'm going to get into the verses right now. But, uh, you know, uh, here in, you know, First uh, Corinthians 12, We've got the gift of prophecy, discerning uh, which spirit is speaking, and then we got the eighth uh, fruit of the spirit, and uh, it's the gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues. Then number nine would be the gift of interpretation of tongues. All right, so so number one, we got personal prayer language to God and personal spiritual edification. I'm going to get into the scripture for that. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. So the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. So it builds up your spiritual being. It builds you up. It's not a corporate thing. It's, yes. it's for you. So then if that's the case, then why does Paul talk about it? When you speak in tongues in church, do it in this and such manner. And uh, if it's a, war, a spirit, if it's a tongue of prophecy, then uh, someone with the gift of interpretation has to interpret it there. Well, because there's different uses and different gifts for them. You see, Paul said, I desire that you all speak in tongues. So it's God's will for everybody to speak in tongues, speak in tongues in the personal prayer language. Not Maybe not everyone will be able to interpret. Maybe not everyone will be able to use it in a missionary sense. Maybe not everyone will be able to uh, have a word prophecy. But everyone can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and never stop striving after that. Uh, it, it Sometimes it'll just come upon you. Other times it's a test of faith. Will you remain faithful? I mean, there's been so many people through our own church that have left the church because they were seeking the baptism and then gave up. They lost faith. They lost faith. But uh, so we got personal edification. That's not that's the number one. Second, it's uh what I call you know missionary tongues. That's when you speak in an actual language you don't know, but the Holy Spirit Himself intercedes for you in said language, whatever language that He's trying to speak. Like uh, Curtis, you mentioned Perry Stone earlier, and Perry Stone had another. Uh, another uh, a testimony where he started uh, the Holy Spirit moved on him to start speaking in tongues in a cab ride and there was a, a an Arabic Muslim driver driving and he starts speaking in tongues and the Arabic guy's like you speak Ar- you speak Arabic perfectly Perry Stone Amen. I was going to say I was going to say that like uh, was it N.T. Wright that that video that we listened to, like the eight minute video of N.T. Wright talking about the continue the continuation of, I think it was tongues. Was it tongues? Uh, I I'm not familiar with this video. The one that we were talking about like three days ago, and he said the exact same thing. Oh, There's yeah, testimonies after testimony. Sorry. Of <laughs> uh, he's like the person just felt led to pray in the Holy Spirit, and. They, they just felt led to just pray. And it may not have been the N.T. Wright video. I, I'm not sure. But this person said they, they felt led to just pray. They're on a bus ride. And the person next to them, they were speaking this the, their language. And so yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, but... All the time. See, that's just how the Holy Spirit will move. But that's, that's the second use 
of it. Third, prophecy. Four, interpretation. That's why it is a separate gift, interpretation, that is in reference to the gift of prophecy. That's when the Holy Spirit himself starts speaking through you in tongues, his own heavenly language, what Paul says, uh, that I speak in the tongues of men and angels. That's the tongues he's, we're talking about. He's speaking in that. So that's when the Holy Spirit himself literally starts speaking through you. You don't know what you're saying, but there's an interpreter the, with the gift of interpretation to interpret said gift. And uh, add another scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. So um, that that's just in reference. Uh, that verse is referring to when you use it in like in a mission sense, in evangelism. Like uh, I just told you a story. Curtis just told you a story how it was used for unbelievers as a sign. But, you know, uh, prophecy. Amen. So I'm what the what I'm getting to. There's three uses, and everybody can have the first, and then the the second and the third are gifts. That's what that's where people really mess up when uh we're when we're talking doctrine and theology, and uh, so you have any like thoughts on that, Curtis? Or no, I think you handled it good. I did. I didn't want to. I didn't want to just mention the one. The one verse here in First Corinthians is just a little bit later on. He, we have the love chapter. Everybody's pretty much familiar with the love chapter, First uh, Corinthians thirteen. I knew this chapter before I was even saved. I mean, so most people have to know this chapter. Yeah. Then there's it talks about prophecy. It says pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. No one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's the verse you were talking about. But even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless, indeed, he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether a flute or a harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how how will it be made known what is even played? If the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise, unless you utter by the t- uh, by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be made known what is spoken? And I just want to I want to clarify because this verse is is confusing to a lot of people because this is the this is the verse that people look at and they say. It has to be interpreted. So this, it, Paul is talking about a corporate church setting. This is this is people going to church. This is a pastor. Uh, this is a pastor who holds services for people, and they have they have worship. They have uh, 
during worship. There may be times where the pastor will pray, but that doesn't mean, this verse does not mean that people can't pray over somebody in the Holy Spirit. You can pray in the Holy Spirit because you're not, you're not personally trying to convey a message to somebody. What this is, is people in leadership, when they pray in tongues, they're, they're not just getting a microphone praying in tongues just to pray over somebody. They're praying in tongues because there's a gift of tongues and interpretation. Does that make do you understand yeah. what I'm saying, Joshua? Yeah, definitely. And so people people don't know that that there's a distinction between the corporate tongues and the personal tongues. Yeah. And the personal we we read back in the in the last verse, it's an edification to build you up spiritually, personally, and also pray the perfect will of God. You can pray that over people. You can pray that in a prayer line. When when some when you when somebody comes to you and you don't know what to do, you don't know what to pray. I mean, I'll tell you as a minister, there are ninety nine point nine percent all the time you don't know what to do and you don't know how to pray. You you it's intimidating because you're like, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? You pray in the Holy Spirit. He will give you guidance. That's why it's so crucial in the last days because we don't know what to do when we start walking by our, our own selves and we start doing what we think is good and we stop relying on the spirit of God, that is when we start falling into a trap. That's when we start getting led by our own desires or led by our own wisdom or our knowledge or whatever. We God wants us in a place where we 90, 100% of the time don't know what to do. And what's that verse? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, Jesus. We don't know what to do. We don't know how we should minister. We don't know the word. It is it is intimidating to even, we don't know the, like, it's like this podcast. I want to share this, Joshua, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw the ball back to you. Go ahead. It's like this podcast. We didn't know what how to start it. We didn't know what to say. But God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, brings all things back to our remembrance. All the scriptures that we've read, he will bring it up when we need it. When we're talking to somebody, he brings it up. We sat down a week ago and we made an outline out. And then later on that evening, God put it on my heart through the, through the Holy Spirit. He, he was speaking to me, not audibly, but he was speaking to me in, my, in the spirit and said, look up that book, Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth E. Hagin. I remember reading it when I first got saved. But I don't know. I I don't even I, I I borrowed. I think Pastor Sean gave it to me and said, "Here, read this." And I gave it back to him. This was ten years ago. I I I I remember that book, and I was like, "Okay, we're gonna get ready for this podcast. I'm gonna read that book in preparation, alongside the Word of God." And I Google the PDF, and. The first, the foreword to the book was literally our outline. Yeah, it was. And so, it, and I sent it, I remember sending it to you that night. I was like, Joshua, you know, and that w- that is what I would call the Holy Spirit confirming his word and leading. <clears throat> we don't know what to do. We have, we have an idea where we want to go with it. But we ask and we, we make ourselves, re- we make ourselves reliant on the spirit of God. 
And I think that's really key. I think it's key for ministers. I think it's key for people in general. It's it's not easy. It's scary because we want to know we have all the answers. We want to know we're going in the right direction. We if people are especially if people are following us, we want to know that they're following us to the right direction. Like Moses in the wilderness, he had to go before God face to face. He had to seek God's face. And that's 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 what I look at when in the Holy Spirit and being led. Uh, I'm getting off topic. I know, you know. No, you're not. Talk about the Spirit of God. You're on topic. It's in the same vein. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Um, I want to continue real quick, and then I'm going to throw it to you. And so let, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret it. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So this is going back to the corporate anointing. This is talking about This is Paul giving the Corinthians order in a church setting. It's just like me growing up and trying to be a minister and, and, and holding services. Me and you have held several services and things have happened where we just don't know what to do. Right. And we have like Paul, Paul had his Timothy's. We have people who are like, look, I've been there. I've done that. This is how this should be handled. And so Paul is coming to these, these Corinthians and saying, look, you know, I've heard some, this stuff has been going on. This is how you should handle this gift of the Holy Spirit. He's not saying that the gift doesn't exist. He's not saying that it's only for Paul because Paul's not even there. He is saying this is for the church. This is for you guys. You guys need to operate in this, but there's order to it. There's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And so that's what that this verse here is saying, and then it, and it has nothing to do with the, the prayer language at this time. You know, Paul mentions it. He says, you know, I pray in tongues. I pray in tongues more than any of you guys. If, if Paul prays in tongues more than anyone, and he wrote the whole New Testament, there is something we can learn from Paul praying in tongues all the time. Yeah. But he also wants us to know, I pray in tongues all the time, but there's a time you need to start, you need to have the ability the other gifts operating in your life to give clarification, to give guidance, to give prophecy. He says, I don't wish that you just pray in tongues all the time. You need to, because praying in tongues is going to build you up. What's going to happen when you get built up? You're going to produce fruit. Well, what you're going to produce fruit and you're going to get gifts and you're going to be able to handle more. You're going to be able to handle more of the anointing. God's going to be able to use you more because he he's going to be able to direct you more the more you're able to give yourself to the spirit of God. I thank the Lord because the Lord is the one right now just giving me the the words to speak. And this is just a pure just way of of showing you that the Lord is in control. The Holy Spirit's in control. And anyone, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you think you can 
you can't do it or you think you can do it, God can use anyone if he will just make himself open to the Holy Spirit. Man. All right, I'm throwing the ball back to you, Joshua. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, hey, Curtis, how long do you think we've yeah. been recording? I don't know. An hour and four minutes. Wow. Does it feel like wow. that? Are you going to clip this part out? No, 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 no. Uh, we, we, we can cl- close here in a few minutes, but can, I was just saying, can you believe it's been that long? doesn't feel like it, does it? No, it does not. And that is, you know, how many times have you been, how many times have you been in a meeting and you've been there for five hours and you just, you never realized it because yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Be not filled with wine in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. But um, you know what I mean. Amen. Amen. Yeah, man. I, th- I think we've I think we've crushed this. I mean, but if anybody else has any more questions, um, leave them in the comments. We'd love to answer them. But uh, I did just have like one or two more things. You know, I wanted to say and close in here, but uh, I, I mean what we can go in depth about this another time, but just like the finish, like off the gifts, uh, we believe in the gift of faith, the faith to heal, the faith to produce works, you know, the faith to produce what the spirit wants. We believe in the gift of healing. I mean, I've prayed for myself. I've prayed for others and they've received healing. I've received healing. Uh, I know testimony after testimony, my, my, uh, granny was, healed of cancer uh actually prayed for by kenneth uh kenneth hagan and then um uh the power to work miracles uh miracles the miraculous water into wine all of those things that's still for today and that's actually uh in second corinthians 12 12 what paul says is the mark of an apostle that's a characteristic every apostle will have the power to work miracles six the gift of prophecy uh, that's G, you know, either declaring something that's going to be and like speaking it or God speaking through you to tell you or the congregation of what is going to happen. Uh, discerning the spirits, discerning the spirits is, you know, discerning, hey, if, if this is the voice of God coming out of this person or not. And then uh, we already spoke about the tongues, but um, over here in Acts 2, I wanted to point one thing out. And this is like the f- 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 <laughs> man, guys. It's two a. It's two twenty a.m. All right, so that's why I'm, I'm stuttering a little bit here. <laughs> and we got. Ch- it took us four hours to get this yeah. ready. And we got church in the morning. <laughs> but this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody, and cause your sons and daughters everybody. to prophesy. That's right. And your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all of my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Both genders prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear. For the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red. 
before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is that. This is that. The Holy Spirit we talked about in this episode. This is that. He's here today. We, we, we honestly, it doesn't matter like if people believe it or not, God is going to have his way. Yeah. And there, are, there is a remnant of people who is getting, who are being raised up in this generation. It's just who is going to answer the call. It is that remnant of people, those people who are see, who are hungry and seeking after Jesus Christ day and night prayer and being led by the spirit of God who God can use. I you know there you don't there's this is not necessarily to convince you there is a spirit of God. This is just a de- declaration. Hey, he is here. He yeah. is already here. Revival is here in the name you know what I mean? In the name of Jesus, God is birthing a th- something is being birthed right now, especially in the world. In in America, People around the America right now, ministries in this that are in the same vein are are being birthed and are growing and seeing people get healed, seeing miracles happen. They are getting built up in their in their most holy, precious faith, and it's not a flaky like this just happened and just go live the rest of your life like another way. They are getting filled with the Holy Spirit, sanctified in the Holy Spirit, and producing fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I just wanted to end with that. Um, You know, we don't just believe in having a gift. We believe in carrying the gift in holiness. We believe in carrying the gift the right way. We believe in, like David had the Ark of the Covenant, he he couldn't. He had priests. Just because they were priests, that doesn't give them authority or anything to just go in there and do whatever and carry the ark of God, the presence of God. You have to remember the ark of God represented the presence of God at that time. God looked down on the holies of holies. <clears throat> David was doing a good thing. David was doing what God had called him to do, but he didn't. He there is a way. There's ways to approach God. And so we must be holy. We must seek God. We must be plugged in, John 15, into the true vine. Joshua, you preached on it the other day. Be plugged into the vine. Because when you're plugged in, <clears throat> the life-giving, the life-giving spirit, the life-giving spirit will produce fruit inside of us. Yeah, we're going to get pruned, but it's necessary pruning. Yes, we're going to we're going to go up against things that we 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 probably in the flesh would not go up against. But the word of God says not by might, not by power, but by what my spirit says the Lord. It is by God's spirit that we are going to go forward in all the things that God has for us. But we don't just seek the gifts. It uh one of the fruits of the spirit in uh in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, one of the fruit is love. God talks about one of the gifts of, uh, of the Holy Spirit is faith. So he says, you need to walk in, in love in order to have faith. Faith worketh by love is the scripture in Galatians. Faith worketh by love. The gifts worketh by 
the fruit. If you have fruit in your life, it, the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit will not tear you down. And that, that comes with pruning. That comes with mentorship. That comes with being sat under people who have, who have, believe it or not, who have lived lives longer than you. Believe it or not, they know things, more things than we do. They have experienced things like we would call the hard knocks life. You know, they, 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 they did it. They tasted it. They, they've seen it. Kenneth Hagin said the reason he wrote books is because it took him 40 years to learn some of the things that we can learn in minutes. But just because we can learn about the gifts of the Spirit in 10 minutes, it takes time to produce the fruit to carry those, to carry the gifts. And so that's also important. And that comes through the Holy Spirit. That's all I have, brother. Amen. Well, I hope you all have a God-blessed day. Come back next week for the podcast. This has been Battlefront Radio. Catch you next time.